wake up in the morning, hold my hands and pray for rain. I got a head full of ideas that are driving me insane. It's a shame the way she makes me scrub the floor. You are listening to the Quarter to Three Games podcast for the very end of June, the very beginning of July. Basically, this is our Independence Day podcast. Yeah. Thereabouts. My name is Tom Chick, and my game of the week is not Guild Wars 2. Oh, wait, no. Yes, it is. My game of the week is not World of Warcraft. Oh, that's just hurtful. Uh, I'm Jason McMaster, and my game of the week is not... uh, Guild Wars 2. Take that, Tom. No, that's fine. You didn't take mine. All right, Nick, what do you got? Uh, this is Nick Diamond, and my game of the week is not Mass Murderer of Steel. Oh, because that's that's because it's not a game. That's why it's not a game, because it's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a game. Kyle Baker made a game. I don't know who Kyle Baker is. I feel I feel woefully uninformed. Should I know who Kyle Baker is? Uh, he is a comic artist. And oh my god, you're such a flash games and whatnot. Nerd! What a nerd! Yeah, I had no idea either, to be honest with you. Yeah. Oh, it's that, we've got a comics nerd here, McMaster. Let's beat him up and take his lunch money and then threaten to kick his ass after class well, if is, he doesn't do our homework. Is he like an honest to goodness comics nerd? Because I'm more of a, a dandy fop comics nerd and. So, I don't know. There's a lot of awesome. The only reason I know about this game is because someone actually posted about it in the forums. Is it an actual Uh, Man of Steel game based on the Zack Snyder movie? Well, I I mean, spoiler about the movie, it's uh, a parody of the fight at the end of the movie. So it's just Zod and Superman smashing into buildings and killing innocent bystanders. Oh, so it's actually called Mass Murder of Steel. I thought you were making like a Nick Diamond joke. No. This is an actual thing. No, this is an actual thing. Ah, okay. I like but that. it's not my game of the week, so I'm not going to talk about it. Oh, good point. We won't be hearing about that during games of the good. segments. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's, before we get into the fun stuff, uh, before we have our dessert, let's have our damn veggies. Uh, it's a, that's a very elliptical way where I'm quoting Fast and Furious 5. Uh, Dwayne Johnson in that movie. I don't know if anyone caught that. If so, congratulations. If not, I explained it to you, so I've ruined it. Uh, but let's have some damn veggies and do some news of the week. And I'm going to start out real quick, because my news of the week is not really news. It's just kind of... Hello, this is Tom Chick from the future. All right, so what happened was uh, literally 10 minutes after we recorded the podcast... Uh, I got a phone call from Sega, and they cleared up a lot of what I talked about in the podcast. So, rather than subject you to half of the story, I, Tom Chick from the future, am just going to give you a brief uh, sort of uh, recount of, uh, of what transpired, of everything that happened. So, I reviewed Company of Heroes 2. I gave it a negative review. I really, really didn't like it. Um, I'm a big fan of Relic's work. I have a lot of respect for them as RTS developers, uh, and I just feel like Company of Heroes 2 was not up to their standards. So I wrote a critical review, pretty straightforward so far. Um, and at some point, someone from Relic tweets uh, that it turns out I had never even installed the game. 
they furthermore contact Sega. Uh, what happens is that they had looked up uh, profile data based on the review keys that were sent out, and they saw that Tom Chick's review key uh, had zero hours played. So they naturally call their publisher at Sega. They're like, hey, check this out. This dude gave us this negative review, and he's never even installed the game. Um, so Sega, rather than contacting me, contacts Metacritic, and they're like, you got to pull this review. This dude obviously never played the game. We have data. We have evidence. Pull the review. Uh, and someone at, at, at Relic tweets this as well. So at this point, Metacritic is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Pull, hold on a second. Uh, what did Tom say about this? Turned out Sega didn't try to reach me. Uh, it was a full day until I actually spoke with someone at Sega. When I recorded the podcast, I was in the mode of not knowing why they hadn't contacted me, not understanding why they would think I had never played the game. Um, and I had furthermore had an experience similar to this with Sega on one of their Total War games when they contacted my editor at 1UP, and they said, Tom Chick only played the game for, for 10 minutes. Um, and the problem is they were looking at the wrong CD key. They were looking at the wrong account. I have several accounts in my house. I play a lot of games on my LAN. They were looking at one of the accounts. I simply showed my editor the other accounts where I'd played, and he could see how many hours I'd spent. La-di-da, so that went by the wayside. So when I heard again that this was something happening, you know, that Sega was approaching Metacritic, asking them to pull my review, claiming I'd never even installed Company of Heroes 2, I was concerned that there was some sort of a pattern here of uh, trying to discredit negative reviews by making these kind of outlandish claims about the reviewer never playing the game. Because I, of course, have spent many hours with Company of Heroes 2. Um, I have even worked with their PR agency to try to uh, resolve an issue that they had with their servers um, so that I could get into the game. Um, so I was very confused about all this. When we recorded the podcast, I raised my concerns um, I, I wanted, because it had been tweeted, I wanted to make it clear that, yes, I have indeed installed the game. I had furthermore played it. Um, and that was the topic for, for me, for the news topic. Lo and behold, we record the rest of the podcast. Ten minutes later, my phone rings. A uh, very friendly guy. I'd never met him before, but I knew who he was. The brand manager for uh, the Company of Heroes uh, games from Sega called me. He apologized profusely for not trying to reach me earlier. Um, he felt he had jumped the gun in trying to get the review pulled from Metacritic before talking to me. Uh, he said it was inappropriate what Relic had done, and that tweet had been pulled. Um, so basically, whatever drama there was, was just things spinning out of control. Uh, and before there was any damage control, for whatever reason, it took Sega a while to, to actually reach out to me. I had contacted them to try to find out what was going on. So anyway, this was all diffused literally ten minutes after we recorded the podcast. So, that said, uh, this does raise a couple of issues. Um, Relic was using... They were, they were apparently contacting Valve to get data based on playtime for review keys they had sent out. Now, I am okay with that. I believe in full and complete transparency when it comes to issues like how much of a game have I played, you know, which things did I try. I I have nothing to hide when it comes to the time I've spent with games. Uh, my gamer tag on the PlayStation 3 and on Xbox 360 and on Steam, it's just Tom Chick. Anyone is welcome to look up that, that sort of information, um, and I'm okay with that. Uh, and I'm perfectly willing to discuss that. Uh, I, I am a little uneasy with 
relic contacting Valve specifically in reaction to a negative review. Um, I I know that, that the fella I spoke with at Sega said he was also uncomfortable with that. Um, this was apparently used... Folks at Relic talked internally about, oh, Tom Chick never installed it. He has zero hours played. Uh, this was a topic of conversation there at the company. Um, and what I'm most surprised about is that anyone would seriously believe that I had actually written the review that I wrote without ever playing the game. I'm, I'm just flabbergasted that they would think, A, that I would do that, and B, that I would think I could get away with that. Uh, some of the issues I raised in, in the review text, I think, make it absolutely clear that I have spent time with this game, that, that I have played it, that I have first-hand, hands-on familiarity with it. So I'm just astonished that that was the takeaway point uh, for some of the guys at Relic. What had actually happened is that there was some confusion about which keys which reviewers used, uh, and they just got improper information. They were looking at a key that was never activated. Um, so uh, that said, um, I also want to make it clear that I have enormous respect for Relic. They are um, they are the preeminent among the preeminent developers of real time strategy games these days. Uh, I, I I love what they do, even when I don't like the ways that they do it. Uh, I I don't like Company of Heroes two, but I love that what they're building on from Company of Heroes 1. I love Company of Heroes 1. I, I think they've done amazing design work there. I take issue with some of the directions they went with the Dawn of War series, but for the most part, I, I admire them as RTS developers deeply. And I hate this idea that there are people over there at Relic who thinks Tom Chick is has just he's just got a grudge against us. Uh, I have no idea why they would think that. Uh, I've been very admiring, very publicly, of, of some of their games in the past. Um, so that also said, I do understand what a huge pain in the neck it can be to get a negative review. Uh, so to the folks at Relic, I want to say, I you know what? If you gotta hate me, that's fine. I understand. Uh, I know what it's like when you create something and people don't like it. Uh, my own personal touchstone for this. Uh, I used to be an actor. I used to do a lot of theater, and I vividly remember what it was like when the cast of a play would get a bad review, and how part of the reaction to that bad review is to it's it's a kind of a way to band together and show solidarity with each other is you say terrible things about the guy who wrote the review. So I completely understand what they must be saying in the halls up there at Relic in Vancouver. And while they're saying that, if that's what it takes to get through a bad review, then guys have at it. But please understand in the long run, I have the utmost admiration for y'all uh, as RTS developers. Um, and uh, also, finally, I want to say, I am just tickled pink that Company of Heroes 2 is apparently selling well, but also that it reviewed well. My own experience, my review, my score, is not intended to be a judgment on any inherent value of a video game. It is simply me recounting my experience. We all know what it's like to see a movie and to think, ah, oh, that movie was terrible, but you still really enjoy it. Or to see some critically acclaimed movie that everybody loves, that wins awards, that your friends adore, and you're just not into it. So when I write as a reviewer, I am not trying to... to 
discuss some objective measure of worth or value. I am only recounting my own personal experience. Uh, I'm proud that Relic has created a game, Company of Heroes 2, that for the most part has been critically well-received and that seems to be doing well. Because one of the last things I want, especially for a genre that I really like, like real-time strategy games, is for developers to fail. So I'm happy to be an outlier in this case. So anyway, that's what I basically talked about with uh, with Nick and McMaster on on the uh, the podcast. Uh, we, you know, it was only half the information. I didn't yet know what was going on with Sega. Now that I know that, I just wanted to break in. This is future Tom Chick breaking in to give you the complete picture rather than the half of the picture that I had at the time. And so I now return you to your regularly scheduled quarter to three games podcast. So, uh, McMaster, what do you have for us this week for news of the week? Where do I even start? Mm. There's been a lot of news, but my personal favorite is Sony dropping the camera from the PS4 to undercut the Xbox uh, <laughs> One's price. That's my favorite. Yeah, so, uh, Nick, you mentioned this on the front page. I think it was IGN had some information about this. Uh, and the idea is that they, they were, they sort of secretly, quietly were like, we're just gonna not put the camera on there and we're not gonna be too loud about it so that maybe Microsoft doesn't notice and then we can come out a hundred dollars cheaper. And it seems to have paid off, right? Oh yes. Yeah, they, uh, everybody loves Sony right now because Sony didn't put a camera on their place that I knew, I knew somewhere deep down that they wanted to charge more. Sony doesn't do anything cheap. Ever. So like yeah, no, it's it's ridiculous. Of course, uh, my favorite little tidbit of that is the oh yeah, you can use the lights on the back that correspond with the camera to do all sorts of stuff like believe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand like what what kind of selling point that is. Oh yeah, it's going to blink when you're low on health. Oh, it's on the back of the controller. Well, okay. <laughs> oh, it's it's the most ridiculous uh, little bit of marketing about that whole thing. When when uh, and I think it was Cerny uh, that said it right after E3 when he was talking about the controller. He said, "Yeah, it's going to blink for you know low health, or it'll turn red if you're you know in rage mode or something in some game." And I was thinking. Well, who can see it? You can't see it. <laughs> That's when you're playing with your buddies, though. Like, Nick, you and me will be side-by-side. Side on the, Actually, for side-by-side. Side. So, Nick, when we play yeah. a co-op game, I need you and me to sit face-to-face. Face. So you what? can see the front of my controller. I can see the front of yours. With, like, every- television between you. I mean, obviously. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, the, the angle's sided. complicated. Right. We can work the sight lines out somehow, but I'm going to need uh, you to watch watch my light. I'll watch your light. Yeah. Um, the controller is blinking. I got him now. <laughs> is it true sight or true vision? You should use that. Uh, is that a Company of Heroes 2 reference, McMaster? Yes. <laughs> Very good. Uh, yeah, so I, I just love how these little tidbits, I mean, even after E3, it, it's kind of like, and, and who who doesn't enjoy this, seeing this kind of reversal of fortune? It's kind of like uh, Microsoft is the Paula Dean here, and, uh, <laughs> and and Sony is the Wendy Davis, that, that Texas senator who did that awesome filibuster. Uh <laughs> But I, I just, I, yeah, it's it's really fun to watch this yeah, play out. Some, somewhere, though, Sony's got something planned. I mean, they're going to do something stupid. Sony's always done something stupid. I'm just waiting for the stupid to happen. It is kind of, if you wait long enough, McMaster, yeah, these big publishers will step on their own feet at some point. It's, it is bound to happen, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, so uh, no camera. McMaster, does that color your opinion, though, of the PS4, that it won't include a camera? 
Uh, I pre-ordered them both the day they were available for pre-order, so no, it doesn't really color my opinion that much. I really do not want, and it, it's not like a, a, you know, I'm paranoid about Prism kind of thing, but I just don't want freaking cameras on my games. I, I was playing with some friends They're here. They're irritating, and I'm just not part of that generation that's always, like, taking pictures of myself and putting it up on Twitter or whatever. Uh, we were playing one of the the uh, uh, Wario and Game uh, Wii U games recently at the house, and in one of the mini-games, you each take turns taking a picture of yourself, and yeah. then that picture goes up on the screen when it's your turn, and you can see everybody's face and whatnot, and I just took a picture of the, of a dog that we have here, so I was just, <laughs> I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have the dog stand in for me. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't need cameras. What about Shadowcat? Shadowcat was not handy, and plus he's, oh. uh, yeah, he, he does not, yeah, he has to sign a waiver before he'll let you take a picture of him. Oh, okay, yeah, but, I, I seems I forgot about that. I did have to go through a lot of legal paperwork last time I photographed him. Yeah, and you have to work with his staff to do it, and they're really yeah. slow to get back to you. It's it's just very complicated. Oh, yeah. Whatever you do, don't take that picture and post it into uh, The Last of Us. Oh, God, no. Wait, <laughs> can you do that? Can you, like, put your face on Joel in The Last of Us? No, I'm just saying, don't, don't. <laughs> Don't take his picture and put it in The Last of Us. Right? Oh, oh, I see what you're doing. Yeah, right. Steal the shit out of it. Once again, is that your news of the week, Nick? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with that. Um, hey, wait a minute. You're, it sounds like you're making up your news of the week on the fly. <laughs> Crazy. Actually, I was going to talk about the Australia banning thing. Um, Let's talk, well, tell briefly, just so folks know, what on earth are you talking about with The Last of Us reference? Mention that briefly, because I want to talk about Australia. So Okay, so, uh, The Last of Us... Uh, it, parts of the game take place in, uh, Boston, of course, after the apocalypse or whatever. Um, and there are a couple parts of the game where you can see a transit map on the wall. It's like a, 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 a you know, an MBTA transit map. Um, the problem comes because apparently that map is actually the work of an artist who did a free redesign of the actual MBTA map and posted it on his blog uh, just as a sample of his work. Apparently someone at, at Naughty Dog, you know, must have pulled it off the web or whatever and thought it was, you know, free to use so they put it into the video game and so this uh, gentleman, Cameron Booth, uh, was, well, he was a little mad. As, as he put it, he was fucking furious. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Cameron Booth, settle down, buddy. <laughs> See, so the thing anyway, is, I, I bet he's furious, but I bet he's happy now. Cameron Booth, he, he must be happy now because it, so he wrote a huge blog post just tearing up Naughty Dog about stealing his work and not giving him credit, not asking for permission, and you know, kind of spelling out how you should do things with intellectual property. Um, and about five hours later, suddenly that whole blog post was gone, and in its place was just a couple sentences saying that Naughty Dog acknowledged their error. He talked on the phone with someone there, and that, uh, hey, everything's resolved to everyone's satisfaction. That's what they say. That's, you know, what they say about squeaky wheels and grease. So, congratulations, Mr. Booth. Uh, by the way, uh, drinks are on Cameron Booth now. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's not your news of the week. Your news that of the week. Not. Yeah. I, I, I can tell you people who are effing mad, and it's the entire country of Australia, because they're missing out on one great game, and one game that I think might suck, but could be great. What's going on down there in Australia, Nick? <laughs> so, 
Australia has always been a little infamous for their uh, government classification rating system for video games. Uh, so previously, their rating system had no mature titles. If you were deemed mature, you were done. You were out. You could not be sold in Australia. Uh, so famously, like, Left for Dead, for example, had to have, like, green blood or no blood come out of the zombies um, instead of regular blood. And then the bodies had to disappear immediately. They couldn't just pile up everywhere. Um, so these were things that people had to do to change their games to get them in Australia. Uh, about six months ago, uh, they passed a couple laws, and their new government classification rating system had an 18-plus category. Oh. And they said, hey, from now on, we're going to put mature video games in this category. And so there was much rejoicing, right? A lot of video gamers thought, ah, oh, finally, awesome, we're going to get, you know, all the killing, sex, and uh, mature content that all the Americans and everybody else gets. Uh, well, surprise, apparently that's not happening because two games that are coming up in Australia, uh, Saints Row 4 and uh, State of Decay, were both given a RC classification, which means refused classification. They did not qualify for the 18-plus rating. Uh, in Saints Row case, uh, it was sex, and funnily enough, the alien anal probe scene... Spoiler! ...refused. <laughs> and in State of Decay, uh, apparently mowing down a million zombies is fine, but if you use drugs to give yourself health, that will get you a refused classification. That makes sense now, to me. <laughs> what's odd? Now we, yeah, well, McMaster, you're a Quaker, so of That's course. That's true. <laughs> uh, what, what's odd about that to me is that so they're they're even saying even if you're over eighteen, you still can't see that stuff. You still can't see it. These games, unless they are changed for that territory, will not be sold legally in Australia. Man, I don't get that, especially as a government body. I mean, I feel like I'm I'm as conservative it gets as it gets, and I'll stand right next to like some goofball Texas Republican or whatever when it comes to you know the way they pander about oh we don't want kids to see violence like that. I'm totally on board with, but this idea that even after you're 18, the state is is going to protect you from extremes of of drug use and sex and violence and whatever in uh, Australia. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's like they have they have like murderous animals all over the place oh, yeah. out there, and and they've got like V eight interceptors tearing up and down the freeways, and uh, this crazy stuff. And wh- what's going on? Why is that? I, I, I have no idea. I mean, it, it, I was like eighteen plus. I thought, well, uh, that should be fine for Saints Row Four. Uh, apparently not. What's really funny is about it is uh, Saints Row Three got what used to be the previous kind of top rating, which is the 15+. plus. Wow. Really? So, <laughs> so apparently Saints Row 3 was fine for 15-year-olds. Saints Row 4, though, you got an alien sticking something in your sphincter and out. Is that really a scene in Saints Row 4, Nick? Uh, apparently. That is... That... <laughs> I, I mean, don't I don't know, obviously, but that is in the documentation that the ratings board put up on their site. Uh, that was one of the elements that uh, was specifically called out. McMaster, does that make you want to play Saints Row 4 more or less? Um, <laughs> well, that is kind of a trick question. 
in oh, a way. Wait, 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 back up. What's the trick about it? <laughs> <laughs> because Animal Probe's kind of boring as far as shocking goes. But, yeah, yeah, I kind of do want to play it. I mean, because really, I, I you say that and you think, oh, well, whatever, old joke, but we are talking about Volition. So, I mean, God knows what's on the end of that alien, your anal probe. Uh, I'm just really sad that the folks in Australia don't get to play State of Decay. Actually, they will. Apparently, Undead Labs, you, you know, naturally they're trying to make an Australia-proof version to get through the ratings board there. But uh, I would just be, man, if I was in Australia, I would be I would be Cameron Booth mad at this point. <laughs> uh, I would be writing, like, long blog posts using the F-word liberally. Uh, that's just really sad that they can't play State of Decay. Uh well, and of All course, right. the the really bad news for them is even though they're going to get it eventually, um, it's going to be delayed now. Right, delayed, and there won't you can't take drugs to uh, restore your health, so you're just screwed, I guess. Zombies <laughs> are chasing you. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you know what? I guess I'll just have uh, med kits because you know you don't you don't see that in many games. Here, have a med kit. You know, I saw Crocodile Dundee, and. Um most of the characters in that were over 18 years old. They all look like they could handle it. Mm, yeah, but I mean, you, you never really know. It might be something in the Australian national consciousness. Like, they just wilt at certain things. You don't like know. Like, that guy Donk? I don't think Donk's going to wilt. I think I gonna... Donk is. They, they just don't have the backbone. They, they're faced with uh, sex or violence in a video game, and next thing you know, they're doing it in the streets. You know, that's why so many of them come over here to take our jobs as actors. Uh, is you know they've got delicate sensibilities down there, so they come to America and they are actors and they steal our jobs and uh, it's like revenge, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. You know, uh, Henry Cavill who plays Superman, freaking Australian. Did you know that? No. Yep. Paul Walker, Australian. Vin Diesel. How many people know this? He's a freaking Australian. Can you believe it? No, but he's an American hero. I don't, Vin Diesel's not Australian, is he? Yeah, he is. Yes, he is. Hmm. Well, I mean, he must have moved here when he was younger or something. You know who else is Australian? Freaking, who? freaking Barack Obama. You know who else is Australian? <laughs> who? Me? Oh, my God. Um, I mean, there's all sorts of people. I bet, I bet Paula Dean is Australian. Mm hmm. Oh, well, obviously. She, she doesn't know. <laughs> Uh, all right, so that's well, news of the week. Yeah, yes, we master. She would be disparaging uh, Aborigines then. I, I kind of feel. I, is it bad to say this? I kind of feel bad for that poor lady. I mean, I just, I, I, having grown oh. up in the South and having known plenty of old biddies like that who kind of don't know any better, uh, I just sort of. This is a terrible thing to say. I mean, it's fashionable to, and of course, you, you know, you can't. You can't run around using the N-word. Everybody knows that. But she admitted she did it once. And I guess maybe if you're a public persona like that and you're supposed to be a sweet old lady, maybe there are different standards. But I kind of feel bad for her. It's a terrible... Yeah. No, it's, uh, it is kind of... Well, McMaster, well, like... you're, from, you're from the South, too. So, of course, you would say that. Well, <laughs> I don't really care that much either way. But knowing that everybody in their life has said stupid shit... Is pretty much uh, you know the ground I have for that. I haven't, except for that thing about Deus Ex and 9/11. That's the only stupid thing I ever that said. That was a good one. That was a good one. Yes. Let's, <laughs> let's not get into that though, because we're running low on time. So let's now go to uh, games <laughs> of the week. Um, McMaster, what have you chosen as your game of the week? 
My game of the week is The oh, Last God. of Us. Oh, I thought you were going to say World of Warcraft. <laughs> no, I, it is, but I'm tired of having you complain about it. So it's okay, the last good. Uh, let's take a, a quick tally around the room. So, uh, Nick, have you played The Last of Us? I have not. Aha! Are you going to? Probably not. Okay, McMaster, uh, have you have you gotten all the way through it, or is it one of those no. things where okay, I'm still slogging. Whereabouts are you? Well, I'm out of Boston or Massachusetts or whatever. Um, I'm at like the first place you go to after that, where you're looking for a dude for a car or something. Mm-hmm. Bill. Yep. Yeah, Bill. Have, have you met Bill? No. Okay. Uh, and is it working for you? No. Come on, it's it's no. too early, McMaster. You just don't know yet. You just haven't played enough yet. Oh man. Well, the combat is really tedious, and the puzzles are more tedious. So I'm pretty curious about why it got kind of like a, a pass on everything. Uh, I think it's because it's a very uh, cinematic. Uh, emotional story in a way that not many video games can manage. Uh, sure. I mean, it's a really nice-looking game. I mean, all their games look good, though. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I just had a lot more fun with Uncharted uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, it's like... Uh, I, uh, it has that naughty dog thing that irritates me the most, which is a lack, a lack of reasonable save points or checkpoints. So you can get through 10, 15 minutes of a scenario, die, and go back. And it just makes you want to never play their games again. Uh, I, I encourage you, McMaster, though, to just uh, bump it down to easy and, and just plow through uh, the the gameplay. Because the stuff besides the gameplay... By the way, here's a dirty little secret that I will share with you guys that for some reason I think is lost on a lot of people who uh, were angry about a review that I wrote of that. I, I like The Last of Us, and oh, the, the story, The Last of Us, and the characters, and, and the, the, the storytelling itself, I really like. Um, you know, The Last of Us is one of those weird games where even though I really didn't care for the gameplay, and I think that Naughty Dog just, just fell down as far as, like, translating it into a good game, uh, like, I like it enough where it might be one of the most memorable things I've, I've played this year. Um <laughs> So I would encourage you, you know what, just just skip past all that combat and stealth stuff by just bumping it down to easy and plowing through it, because part of what I like about it is the way they decided to end it. Um, and, you know, I don't consider that a spoiler to say that, because I'm not telling you what the ending is, but what they do at the ending, I felt, uh, it didn't redeem the game, but it, it made me glad I finished it. It made me glad, because there were many times I was just like, oh, God, get to the ending already so it can be over. And instead, when I got to the ending, I was like, oh, I'm really glad that I saw what they wanted to do here, because I, I really approve of that. Um, and also that opening, by the way. I think that opening is just uh, amazing. That opening's very strong. Very, very strong. Um, after that, not so strong. Right. Uh, yeah, no, and it's like, uh, you know, it's it's an attractive game. It's voice acting's great, as always. Um, and, you know, I mean, there are parts of it that I do definitely enjoy. Uh, it just kind of, it just drags too much for me, though, when it comes to the action. There's not, oh, gosh, shooting in their games is so, <laughs> such a chore. I, I don't know. It makes it a joy to go back to something that's just like a dedicated glib, kind of just throw away, just 
brain, like idiot proof shooter, like a Call of Duty. Like right. you, you play that, and you're just like, oh god, let me have something where I've got infinite bullets and everything just crumbles easily. Uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, it's like you know, I, and I, I like hard games, and I like, I like challenges, but there's just something about certain parts of at least that I've played through so far of The Last of Us that just kind of drive me nuts with the the different mixture of of stealth you have to use for it or if you're feeling crazy I guess you can go nuts but you're going to get murdered more times than not um, and it's just uh, I hate it when a game forces you to, to do that uh, okay, so McMaster, I want you to look out for something for me and let me know. Uh, next time we talk, I, I, I want your opinion on this. You're about to meet Bill. Okay. I, th- I think, I'm not sure, and I'm not even being facetious about this. I'm being totally serious, but I'm not entirely sure. And I'm either a completely clueless uh, buffoon for not noticing this, or I'm a buffoon for thinking it. But I think that Bill, who you're about to meet, uh, I think he's a gay character. Uh oh. And I don't mean that by saying like, oh, Bill's a fag. I'm not even doing that kind of thing. I mean, I think, I think Naughty Dog really was like, let's make this character gay. But I, th- if they did that, I think they were a little too coy about it or... Very subtle. Yeah, I don't know, McMaster. Let me know what you think. You're going to meet him, and and you'll find out stuff about him, but let me know if I'm just completely off base here. What, do you need something like a walrus doing it, like in The Shining or whatever, to let you know something? You can't just take subtlety. (laughs) <laughs> is that was that the point of The Shining? There was something think, going on. Yeah, with the, the whole thing is it's gay. <laughs> was that everything's gay? Jack Nicholson's gay. But one of the things I'd really also like about Last of Us is how uh, how much time and attention they pay. Other than I think being elliptical about Bill's sexual preference, how much time and attention they they pay to secondary characters. You know, so like Enslaved Odyssey to the West is a game that I feel in many ways is is every bit as good as Last of Us, but it's so focused on just the two characters. Uh, I think they're named Trip and Monkey, by the way. Uh, and then later on, there's like a third character who might even be named Pig, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and, and that third character is just brief comic relief who shows up. But for the most part, it's just the two of them. Whereas Last of Us, I thought was going to be similar. Uh, it's like a, a buddy story. Uh, but but they're just they do such cool, generous stuff with these ancillary characters. Um, so anyway, stick with it, McMaster. Even if you're not digging the gameplay, just bring the difficulty down, uh, and I, I think you won't regret finishing it. All right. Well, I'd better not. There you go. That's yeah. Put your foot down, damn it. Yes. Although uh, I will say, McMaster, uh, well, you know what? we'll wait till we get to my game of the week because uh, I, I have a bone to pick with you, okay. <clears throat> Nick. Nick Diamond, what is your game of the week for this uh, end of July 2013? Well, I regret to say that my game of the week is Marvel Heroes. Why would you regret such a thing? I... Actually, you know what? I take that back. I'm 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 as mad as Cameron Booth about that freaking game. <laughs> oh, I hate that game. I hate it. <laughs> I I wanted to like this game a lot. Because, number one, it's an action RPG, which I, I, I like that whole genre, at least I usually do. Um, and it's comic booky, which is kind of cool. It's a different, you know, uh, setting than the normal swords and sorcery or whatever that we normally get with these. Uh, get a load of him, McMaster. He's trying to, like, pretend he's not a comic book nerd. Now he's, oh, like, yeah. soft, he's soft-pedaling it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, 
so I just I I don't like it. I don't like it at all. <laughs> Wait a minute. I, I I don't like the gameplay. I okay. I think the I think the like the the actual combat in the game. I just find it really mushy and kind of imprecise. I hate the dynamic events that pop up and bring my frame rate down to like one or two frames a second. Yeah. Uh, I cannot stand the loot in the game. I, 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 <laughs> I don't know. Everything about the game just rubs me the wrong way. I mean, and, and I'm not even getting into the whole free to play pricing thing, whatever. They can do whatever they want with that. I, that doesn't bother me. I, they need to make money. I get it. Um, I know a lot of other people get Outraged that you have to spend twenty five dollars or whatever to get Spider Man. Um, I was fine with the uh, the the first character I grabbed, which was Hawkeye. He's the um, he's the little purple guy with the bow. Um, <laughs> why you gotta get mad at Hawkeye? And why you gotta Why you gotta call him that little purple man with the bow? That's first of all, that's Jeremy Renner you're talking oh. about, buddy, and and he is dreamy. And second of all, he sees things better from a long way off or whatever, which is what's the tagline. <laughs> he has Hawkeye. Right, there you go. Plus, he also, I don't know if you know this, Nick Diamond, he gets Scarlett Johansson. And I mean gets, like, like not, not like he understands her on a spiritual level. I mean gets. Oh. Like, like nudge, nudge, wink, wink type gets. I think so. I'd have to read the comic book, so you might know better than me about that. But I think that's the, <laughs> that's the vibe I was getting from seeing the movie. Uh well, all I know about Hawkeye in the game is that no matter what loot I pick up, he is always wearing the same purple clothing and always has the same purple bow. <laughs> you know, let's let's talk about some of these elements because I want to. I do want to get into some of this. So you mentioned the loot. Loot is classically like when you have characters who, especially licensed characters, and when you have a character's costume being an integral part of its identity, which is the case with superheroes. You know, what are you going to do with loot? And I, I'm not saying this to disagree with you, Nick. I'm just saying, holy cats, what what an unwinnable situation. You know, if you're going to have these licensed Marvel heroes, what are you going to do with loot? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. I and, and I have not played... So the two characters I've unlocked are Daredevil and The Thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I played... Basically, you've unlocked uh, Ben Affleck and Michael Chiklis. Right, oh, right, right. Right, yeah, Chickless. <laughs> or Tobias. But he'd get sued for it. Oh, very good. McMaster oh. pulling a, an Arrested Development Season 4 reference out of the blue. Nice work, McMaster. Nice. So, um, so you've got, you've got your, uh, your Daredevil, your Hawkeye, and your The Thing going. So, uh, so yeah, so go So ahead. I haven't played The Thing, and actually, I, I, I haven't started him up. Uh, I might, I might not. I don't know if I can take playing this game anymore. Um, but, I, like, I didn't, I, I, like, one of the thoughts in my head as I was playing Hawkeye was, well, how are they going to do the loot for the thing? What, right. Because <laughs> like, all he wears is, you know, pants. Uh, it's really funny, you know, I think they might do something similar with the thing, but, uh, I don't have the Hulk, but I've found enough of, I've found enough things, like you'll find things that you can't use and it's grayed out, and a lot of times you can tell, you know, oh, it's like some kind of goggles, that's for Cyclops, or, uh, oh look, it's a, it's a big old gun, that's for the Punisher. The Punisher. Every now and then, yeah, so every now and then I've found, like, vials, like potions, and I'm like, who the heck gets potions? And it seems like the Hulk, 
Like his inventory slots are basically he gets different like rage potions. Like that's what they had to think up. Oh, that's awesome. Are, yeah. Uh, but the th- what they do is they just kind of make up, is it like four or five slots for each character, and only that character can slot the equipment that goes there. It's not like there's general, you know, capes and hats for everyone. Um, so all the loot is specific to a character, and it just, you know, and this is probably what's driving you crazy, Nick, it's just like you sit down and you look at it and you're like, Okay, do I want, you know, plus 5% in this or plus 1 point in that? Uh, it's just that standard, like, looking at comparing stats uh, and deciding what things do you throw away. Um, but I, I do, I, I want to briefly defend the loot, though, Nick, and say that where it kind of works for me, uh, and I'll go on record as saying, you know, I'm, I was totally turned off by the game when it when they did a rollback and completely set back one of my favorite moments of progress in the game, and just in a in a peak of of of, of rage, I, yeah, I rage quit. I basically have rage quit Marvel Heroes. I have no intention of playing it anymore. Did you but flip I, a table? I, I, you know what, I I probably could have, but I didn't. I only found out gradually what had happened. Like someone mentioned it, so I found out in stages. But if I had like tried to log on and discovered suddenly that, that I might have flipped a table, you know, or at the very least, McMaster like stamped my left foot. Kind of hard. You, you would so. have Cameron boothed it. I don't. I wouldn't go that far. I'm. I'm way more rational than that. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so about the loot. One of the things that I kind of want to defend is they let you. There's all those little collectibles that you pick up uh, for the crafting. Um, and one of the things they let you do is use those collectibles to upgrade the loot that you find. You know, so if you get, if you got something that's green, because it goes, I think, like green, blue, purple, you can upgrade it to blue. And if you've got something that's blue, you can upgrade it to purple. Um, so, you know, if you care about that whole thing of trying to get all purples, they cater to it well enough. Um, but it's just there's no physical element. There's no visual component to the loot you get. Like playing the Punisher, for instance. The Punisher has several slots for guns. You know, you can put an assault rifle or a shotgun in your main slot. You have a heavy heavy weapon slot where you can get a heavy machine gun or a grenade launcher or a rocket launcher. Nothing changes, though, visually. You know, even though I'm supposedly holding a shotgun as the Punisher, he still has the same basic attacks and they make the same moves and animation and sound effects, whether he's using an assault rifle or, or a shotgun. Oh, so disappointing. Yeah. McMaster, you've played some of this. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Aha. See, Nick? Even McMaster endorses this game. Well, I I'm odd man out. <laughs> uh, let's talk. So frame rate. You had frame rate problems. I, oh my golly, I had so many difficulties. Like my super good computer can run the game just fine, but it does lock up frequently. And I have other decent computers in the house that it's it's just unplayable. I've tried to press some of my friends in the service. Like here, it's free to play. Make an account. Roll up a character and let's play together. And it's just unplayable on my middle range computers. So. I gotta sympathize with what you must have been going through, Nick. Well, I didn't have any other problems. I, I, I haven't had a crash, which apparently, from what I've read, is pretty rare. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't have any other slowdowns. Everything was fine. Texture streaming was good. Oh, um, so it's just a big boss issue. Yeah, every time those dynamic events pop up, <sighs> I just wanted to—I I wanted to tear my hair out. <laughs> Wait, it just why a slideshow? <laughs> Yeah, well, how come you, it's running well for you and not on my computers? Now I'm now I am going to Hulk out. 
Uh, and some of the, I think they get a little bit better, Nick, like when you get farther into the game and it's not like the newbie area where everybody's banging on Venom, because that is just one of the goofiest things I've ever seen. Uh, but, but later on in the game, some of them are more reasonable. But then, uh, McMaster, have you gotten into any end game stuff? Not end game. I mean, I've played some of the bosses and, or not what? bosses, but the, you know, random events and stuff. Right. Well, once you get through the storyline and you unlock these terminals, and they dangle these terminals in front of you the entire game. Like, you're always seeing, what is that blue and purple and green terminal? Everybody's standing around there. What's going on over there? And you try to access it, and you're like, you can't get this yet. Uh, so when you finish the storyline, you can go to those terminals, and basically they let you replay the, the missions at harder endgame levels. But one of the terminals, the purple terminal, has these survival missions. Now, these are... And you actually, it's weird, it's so locked behind this really uh, difficult, you have to first play a group mission, and unlike the rest of the game where you just go into an instance and it'll pair you with people, to do one of these group missions, you have to assemble a group beforehand. So you've been playing this game for however many hours to get to the end game without so much as a looking for group for Doc Octopus or whatever, because you just go in to fight him and there's other people there with you. But suddenly you get to these challenges at the end and you have to like a you have to look for people to group with. Uh, it's really awkward. But the thing is, if you do this survival mission, beyond that it unlocks and I forget what they're called, maybe limbo challenges or something like that. But it unlocks one of the most ridiculously just giddy, fun, absurd, crazy combat modes um, that make that Venom fight look like, uh, you know, like a staid tactical war game. (laughs) (laughs) And and what it is, Nick, is you get into, it's in limbo, and it's basically a, a random area with randomly generated waves of enemies. And you're in there with anywhere from like 10 to 20 other players. And the uh. players all are like in a ball. Like they all stick together and you have to move together because what's happening is over successive waves. I think it goes through six waves of enemies that spawn in and they run at you. And the seventh wave is another, is a silly boss fight. But during those six waves, each wave gets progressively tougher unless in the course of a wave, you run out and you collect this little power module, and it keeps the enemies from getting tougher. So what you've got to do as a group is with each wave move towards these power modules, and there's, you know, 10 to 20 characters in this tight clustered ball trying to move through just waves. It's like this oncoming tsunami of just spell effects and character models, and sometimes it's robots, and other times it's spiders, and sometimes it's generic thugs, and then sometimes it's like aim agents or whatever and you're just plowing through this stuff it's all it's like fluid dynamics it's ridiculous but i had so much fun with those i mean it was so ridiculously over the top and nick it would probably kill your computer but i was really just loving the just insanity of these crazy bits with these knots of superheroes wading through mobs of enemies um so uh yeah i you know but that but again that's that's end game content and you have to get through this weird group obstacle uh, before you even get to that stuff um, yeah i hear uh, you talking about that and i just think yeah that's that's another area i'm going to be looking at you know one or two frames uh, right. a, a second on my computer and i just like nope no thanks <laughs> yeah and and the thing too nick is it can be brutal because uh, when you die, you can get through the entire storyline without ever dying that much. And even if you do die, there's no consequence. When you die in this little group, if the group moves on without resurrecting you and you 
res- you, you can't just respawn. You can either leave the instance or sit there dead until someone resurrects you. So if you are falling too far behind, like if you're lagging or you're trying to run over and pick up a green item that dropped or something and the group moves on without you and you get killed, and you will get killed because there's crazy mobs of things all over the place, if the group doesn't notice that you've fallen, they will move on without you and, and you're, you've lost. Like it's this stick together or die scenario. Uh, so if you have a frame rate issue, Nick, I could just see you trying to play this and trying to catch up with the frame rate, maybe pick up a piece of loot, and then before you know it, oh, the the little cluster of superheroes has left you behind, and now you won't get to play any more of the waves. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so let's talk briefly the business model. Uh, so come on, you know you wanted to pay twenty dollars for an Iron Man. You know you were tempted, right, Nick? I I cannot imagine who would. Buy this stuff except for the most dedicated, uh, Marvel fan. Like, I, especially the costumes. The pricing yeah. on the costumes? Who, I, what? <laughs> well, what are you gonna do? Look like the other superhero mod, the other people playing that superhero? I know, I know. It's a, it's a, <laughs> it's like when, uh, when we all come in to fight, uh, Venom and there's like 28, uh, purple Hawkeyes <laughs> standing around and then you got the one guy. That apparently shelled out fifteen dollars to be a right. different Hawkeye <laughs> to look like the Jeremy Renner costume from the movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I can't get there's, those little purple Hawkeyes are all over the place. I had no idea that's what he looked like. What the heck? he's he's just like Prince for Pete's sake. It's uh, it's very purple. <laughs> yeah. So what's wrong right. with Prince? What what about it, McMaster? What's wrong with Prince? I nothing. He's a fantastic musician, but I'd never want to dress like him, McMaster. You know what? How often? Yes. Somebody, somebody makes a uh, ARPG out of being Prince. I'm playing it. That would be pretty sweet. What if you have to pay either you have to pay twenty dollars or you're that chick sidekick that he has is one of his background singers. Uh, you get her free to play. Twenty dollars to be Prince though. I think you actually get Morris Day. Oh, <laughs> nice. To play. And then you have to you have to work up to Prince and you have to grind for Prince. Yeah, you have to grind, yeah, you have to grind for your mount, and it's uh, it's a little red Corvette. See what oh, I did? Prince. No. The, the loot would be uh, raspberry berets. Oh, very nice. I like yours better than mine, Nick. Let me let me edit the podcast to switch that around where I get that line. Very good, darling, Nick. <laughs> Uh, all right, so uh, Nick's game of the week is uh, Marvel Heroes because because you love it, Nick. Is that right? Is that because I love it? <laughs> uh, I just it was actually so my game of the week comes from uh, Marvel Heroes indirectly. So they ha- did you? By the way, did you? Did I read correctly, Nick? That you also lost something in that rollback? Uh, you know, I started playing on the rollback, <laughs> so I literally. My first character went from, uh, I started on Friday night playing and I went from level one to level eight and then I woke up the next day and checked in and suddenly he was level two. Haha, uh-huh. right, yeah. So, <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> well, what made me mad is I got a, I got an awesome character drop and I, I immediately stopped playing my main character and started playing this character drop and that, that's what I lost and I, I just feel like that's such a grand moment. You know, that's why we play one of the reasons why we play action RPGs for those precious drops, you know, like the legendaries in Diablo, and uh, to just be robbed of that moment was just so completely dispiriting. <laughs> so, so, but what happened though is, unlike you, Nick, I really do like 
some of the moment-to-moment just hack-and-slash combat gameplay in uh, Marvel Heroes, and specifically some of the stuff I was doing with my main character. Uh, I, I, do, I like that, that action RPG gameplay. So my thinking was, well, screw you, Marvel Heroes. I'm not going to play you anymore. I'm going to go play a different action RPG. So I booted up um, Defiance. And was enjoying that, and that was my game of the week last week. But it wasn't quite scratching that itch, because Defiance doesn't work. It works fine as a shooter, and it's great to just jump in and shoot stuff, but it doesn't really scratch that action RPG itch of advancement and learning new skills and and checking out loot. Um, So before I resigned myself to just jumping back into Diablo 3, which I'm perfectly capable of doing, I thought, you know what, I'm going to give... Because this isn't technically an action RPG, but it has a lot of the same vibe. I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to give Guild Wars 2 a chance. I'm going to see if I can get back into that. And uh, I had no problem getting back into that. So my my game of the week is I've just been hitting the Guild Wars 2 hard again. It's something I've been wanting to do for a while. Uh, and by just jumping in and thinking of it as an action RPG where I'm going to slot some new skills and I'm just going to kill a bunch of monsters and I'm going to earn a few levels on one of my alts and maybe check out some loot, you know, using that as the entry point, I just completely got sucked into it again. Um so, uh, McMaster, uh, I just gotta let you know, and I posted this on the front page, I am totally kicking the ass of your gamer score in Guild Wars 2. What do you think of that? I'm probably beating you in, uh, World of Warcraft, though. Mm, not familiar with that game. Is that any good? <clears throat> yeah, I like it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. You're actually, wait a minute, real quick. I'm not done talking about Guild Wars 2. You're not really playing World of Warcraft still, are you? Yeah, some, yeah. Oh, McMaster. Well, I don't play it all the time. Uh, the and no, not all the time. I play some StarCraft too as well. Okay, McMaster. I just I I just want you to know I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. How much did Bl- Blizzard paid you? <laughs> <laughs> How much did? <laughs> That's what someone should ask me. Uh, Nick, you've you've done some time with uh, Guild Wars 2. Any lately? Yes, actually, yeah. Um, I, I have not jumped in since the latest patch, but I did jump in during the uh, the start of the whole um, the uh, Dragon Bash. Yep. So, McMaster, how do you feel about the fact that Nick Diamond has probably smashed more dragon pinatas than you? I'm I'm okay with that. Good on you, Nick. <laughs> uh, was it how long had you been away, Nick? Uh, I had been away for about mm, month and a half, two months. Oh, okay, so not that long. Uh, not that long, no. But then me, I only it, play it for about uh, uh, two or three hours a week when I get back into it, and then I'm done again. Right, uh, but, but but more consistently, it sounds like. Um, as far as because for me, it had been I think the last time I had played for more than, like, a couple of hours before deciding, nah, I'm not ready for this, was probably maybe Christmas, but more likely uh, Halloween, the Halloween event. So it had, it had been, you know, not quite a year, but many, many months since I'd been in. Um, uh, so uh, what what kind of character are you playing? Uh, I have, uh, well, I have two. I have the... Uh, what do they call the plant savari people? 
mm-hmm. uh, an elementalist, uh, and then a human, uh, just regular sword and board guy. Uh, I don't think there's any such thing. Is there? Is it a guardian, or is there a more boring melee class than a guardian? I think they're just called a warrior, fighter. I don't Wait know. A minute. There's a warrior in Guild Wars. Yeah, there's just a guy that's. He's basically the most boring character possible. He's <laughs> he is the straight human who wears medium armor and can use a sword and uh, a lot of other damage. weapons. Do a lot of damage, those guys. Yeah. But it sounds even more boring than a ranger, and that's quite an accomplishment. I know. Oh, no. Nothing's more boring than that. <laughs> Is it more boring than Hawkeye? <laughs> it's less purple. I'll say that about it. <laughs> uh, which is your main? Which one do you prefer? Uh, the most boring guy. Really? Come on. Yeah, I, I have a thing where whenever I play a uh, MMO for the first time, I will I will literally gravitate to the the that that archetype. Whatever that in the MMO is the plain fighter dude that's the easiest guy to get a handle on. I will play him first. Nick, what is what does this tell us about you? Uh I, I'm super fun at parties. <laughs> super fun. I'm that guy. Well, it also tells, and also I guess it, it occurs to me, it tells us that whenever there's like we're going into a dangerous area, you should be on point. Because you sure. know, McMaster and I, we tend to be more like. McMaster and I are, are what you call glass cannon builds, so we need we need you on point there. Uh, uh, so uh, it, when played lately, in the, has anything in the Dragon Bash grabbed you? Because I have to say, this is the first I, I think like themed eventy kind of thing that I've really jumped into. They had that cool thing where the it was like this weird fantasy version of 9/11, where where the crab comes out of the ocean and he knocks over the lighthouse, and then everybody piles onto uh, boats and goes over to this island, South Shore Cove or South Sun Cove or something, and they go over to this island and they invade it and they they destroy all these evil crab monsters and they kill the evil crab king. And it was this weird kind of 9-11 counterpart. I'm probably forcing the comparison, but I couldn't help but think of it at the time. And that was like the the only kind of event sort of thing that I had really bought into. Um, So for me, it's kind of been interesting watching this Dragon Bash stuff unfold, but I think a lot of that is the novelty of it. Uh, is this your first event, or had you done much with the Halloween or Christmassy stuff? Uh, I did I did actually do the, uh, actually I started playing the game during the Christmas event, uh, when, you know, when the sleigh was just flying around, dropping uh, terrible gifts everywhere that <laughs> that uh, you know, would just, monsters would come out of, um but the nice thing about that was I got you know I started with a free backpack so that was cool. How'd you get a free backpack? Uh I I it was some kind of gift that popped out of one of the boxes and I wound up getting like a toy bag backpack. So I if you see like a, a if you see a normal sword and board carrying human with a big toy sack on his back <laughs> that's me. Uh, one of the things that they have in Dragon Bash, and I don't know what they're imitating in Dragon Bash. At first I thought maybe it was a Cinco de Mayo thing, but now I'm wondering if it's like a Fourth of July thing or it's trying to straddle them. But the idea seems to be that you break pinatas and there's candy involved and there's fireworks. Um, and on top of this, they've layered this idea of uh, steampunk pirates. 
I don't really know how this fits together, but that's the idea of Dragon Bash. Uh, actually, to be fair, so Dragon Bash is just a celebration, but this, the ongoing story beat that they're unfolding, the storyline that they're unfolding, is that steampunk pirates have committed a murder during this celebration. So you're investigating, what, what did they do this for? You know, how do we beat them? Uh, so that's this crime thing that you're, that you're solving. But the Dragon Bash itself is very candy-themed, confetti-themed, that sort of thing. So you can gather these pieces of candy that you can eat. And I mistakenly... You can uh, also go to vendors for the Dragon Bash. And so I mistakenly looked at one of the vendors and saw that for 100 pieces of this candy, you can get little uh, wings. Like, it's just a cosmetic thing, but these holographic wings that flap behind your character. Uh, and I was like, cool, that's, you know, my little hot, sexy chick necromancer would look awesome with, like, floaty wings like that. So I stopped eating the candy, which I was just doing for the heck of it, and I saved up 100 pieces, which, hey, that was pretty easy. No wonder there's so many people with these wings around. And I went in to cash it in to buy my wings and realized, oh, wait, I got the currency wrong. It's not these pieces of candy. It's other pieces of candy. And you need a thousand. No, you need no. Wait, you need a hundred of those other pieces of candy. But to buy one of those pieces of candy, you have to use a thousand pieces of this more common taffy. So basically, I showed up with a hundred pieces of taffy, hoping to buy something that literally cost one hundred thousand pieces of taffy. <laughs> And I have no idea how people are running around with this thing. There's got to be some other way you, you get it. Um, uh, so you're very close. I, you know what? I, I gave up at that point. And now I'm like, forget Guild Wars 2. I'm going back to Marvel Heroes. If I can't have my wings. <laughs> no, I, I, at this point I am, though. This was also, this is new since I've been back. Uh, Nick, do you care about dailies or laurels? Um, I it's weird. I appreciate the dailies because for a player like me who doesn't, you know, play for long stretches at a time, uh, you know, I, I, I like that every day if I, when I am in my play spurt for the Guild Wars 2, um, I can log in and in, uh, very quickly, uh, grind out a couple of the dailies mm-hmm. without even thinking about it. They're, you know, like there's always the one where you got to gather, you know, 25 resources or whatever, and then right. there's another one where you kill X amount of blah blah blah. Um, and I always wind up just knocking those out right out of the way. So I, I do appreciate them for that. I don't care about the laurels or the coins or the actual achievement points or any of that stuff. Wait a minute. Now I'm curious. What are we? Are we Guild Wars buddies? By the way, we've got to uh, be. I don't think so. Are you not in the quarter to three guild? I yes, I am actually. Okay, because it has benefits. I don't know what they are, but I'm sure. I, uh, you know what? You can bust out a uh, every now and then a little bonus for something or other. Uh, I think it's been a while. But uh, so, uh, how many uh, Guild Wars two points do you have? Surely not less than McMaster. Uh, I oh, much less than both of you guys. Oh, uh, what, what, what do you got? Like what, you got over uh, two thousand or something, right? I'm, I'm at something like thirteen hundred. McMaster is at like one thousand eighty. Uh, so Nick, surely you're probably around twelve hundred. Would you say? No, I am at <laughs> about four hundred. Holy cats! You were such a dilettante. I played a lot of Guild Wars too, so I, I don't know what you're talking. About. <laughs> 
I... Actually, I know, I know you did, but it's just you haven't kept up with it. So I'm, oh. what I'm hoping to do is goad you back into playing. That's my job. I, I played like a month ago or so. Ain't playing like a month ago or so. That's my impression of you. Uh, so, uh, Nick, what I love about the dailies, and they weren't always like this, is that it's not... Uh, and McMaster, you'll have to let me know if World of Warcraft does this, because if they don't, they should, and if they do, well, I still don't care. But you let me know. In in Guild Wars 2, the way dailies work is you have to do four uh, goals or achievements or whatever. You have to do four little tasks, but they give you a list of like eight or ten tasks. So you pick from that list the four you want to do. Uh, does World of Warcraft have that kind of flexibility? Well, World of Warcraft has like tons and tons and tons of daily quest hubs, so you can pretty much choose what you want to do. What? You actually have to go somewhere and do it? Because when you you just boot up your little achievement page in Guild Wars 2, and you just look at the list right there, and some of them send you to different places. But to do dailies in World of Warcraft, you actually have to walk somewhere? Yeah, but to to actually do dungeons or raids or anything, you don't. So, burn. Well, wait a minute. You don't actually do kind of in Guild Wars 2, oh, don't yes. you? Yeah, yes, you do. <laughs> uh, I was also trying to figure out, uh, they added, and this is one of the last things I messed with and only a little bit, they added something called fractals in Guild Wars 2. And these are, they're not randomly generated because they're all scripted, but they're randomly cycled. You never know what you'll get. These are kind of like mini dungeons. So you go into the fractals and you don't know which ones you'll get. They string together a few of them. Uh, the levels are variable, so you have like a separate fractals level. It's completely independent from your character level. It's a whole, I think it's like a separate track of advancement. Um, but I tried to go into one of those today uh, and basically got laughed at. Uh, I, I joined a group, and they were like, well, when, what, when are you going to, you know, you should probably go get the character you're going to use. I was like, oh, I'm going to use this one. You know, this is my alt. Uh, I have a level 80, but I haven't played it in a while. I'm this, I want to level this one up. It'll scale, right? And they're like, no, dude, no. You're, uh, you should probably go find another group, but have fun. You know, they were very polite about it. Uh, and I felt like the little kid who showed up to play with the bigger kids and was told that he, he was too short or something. <laughs> Uh, so they uh, they have those, but yeah, you do have to walk to the, the story dungeons and whatnot, I guess. Um, uh, all right, so uh, Nick, um, are you going to do the story stuff? Are you going to find out who killed the ambassador or whatever? I'd love to say I would, but uh, I, I'm never going to get around to it. <laughs> you know, there's sky pirates out there, and I bet there's a battle like up in a sky pirate blimp or something. That does sound kind of cool. But that that does sound very cool. Uh, furthermore, you can unlock the special, uh, you know, there's steampunk costumes, but I think at this point this is the debut in Guild Wars 2, and I kind of doubt World of Warcraft has this, you can unlock a, a monocle for your character. I'm in. All right, good. Uh, McMaster, me and Nick are going to go play Guild Wars 2. Have fun uh, doing Okay. Doing molten core runs or whatever you people do these days. Good God, that was like seven years ago. <laughs> molten core runs? No, that's isn't that the end game in World of Warcraft? Like that's what everybody aspires to is they get to the level where they can do. That's a what everybody core. aspired to in two thousand five. <laughs> Come on, that's not. There's more stuff beyond molten core. So McMaster, if I want, if I'm at a party and I want to sound like I'm really with it with World of Warcraft and I'm like really into the end game stuff, what's a phrase I can use? I, want, I need you to teach um, me how to say something to make people think I'm hardcore at World of Warcraft. 
Well, you can pretty much just say anything about the Throne of Thunder. That's the new raid. Okay, how about this? Let me know if I'm selling this right. All right. right. So I was like playing World of Warcraft the other day, and I I I did the Throne of Thunder. Yeah, I mean, that works. Yeah, sure. You can do it looking for raid. So I mean. All right, good, uh, good. I'm going to work on that a little bit, but that that'll be uh, how I'll sell myself as a as a World of Warcraft uh, enthusiast. You totally should. Yeah. Good. Thank you. Uh, all right, so uh, there we go. Our games of the week. Uh, McMaster's was what was it again? McMaster World of Warcraft, right? Yeah, I think it was World of Warcraft. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a little Last of Us. Oh wow. Uh, uh, a little Marvel Heroes, which Nick Diamond does not love. Uh, by the way, Nick, I. Uh, I looked up your stats while you were talking on Marvel Heroes. Turns out you've never even installed it. Oh, oh man. I knew it. <laughs> uh, and some Guild Wars, uh, which, by the way, I, I don't know if you... Like, I... You never installed that either. Oh, I, I have installed... Guild Wars, this is a weird thing to say because I normally like to be, you know, like, critical and analytical and uh, articulate or whatever, but... Uh, whatever, Guild- Whatever, uh, but but Guild Wars, um, it it makes me happy. Oh God! I know that's kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah, I'm on the verge of saying of of just announcing to the world right now that Guild Wars Two is fun. I knew that was coming. I was like, hold on, <laughs> oh. bullshit. I know. I'm just kidding. Let me pull back from that and uh, let me compose myself. That was just foolish. all these years you've been yelling at me for saying something. <laughs> All these years. Uh, is anything coming up that you guys are looking forward to? Uh, kinda, I guess. I mean, uh, I don't, I don't really remember what the hell's coming up. Well, I think the two that I think of that were on the verge, and I don't, I say the verge, this isn't until August, uh, Saints Row 4 and, uh, the new Splinter Cell. Aren't oh, those yeah, yeah. The next big releases, and those are in August, though. South Park, I'm looking forward to. Yeah, that's a cartoon, McMaster. We're talking video games here. Uh, yeah, no, the one, you know what I mean. The stick church. <laughs> well, I don't even, cause I don't know South, South Park. I think of that more as, as Obsidian's next game. Uh, that's the notable thing for me is that it's those guys at Obsidian doing that. Well, I mean, I like South Park quite a bit. I have no problem admitting that. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, I mean, combining that and their production quality, which, I mean, I know that sounds terrible. South Park is originally a construction paper cartoon. But, uh, the production quality of their, of their writing and audio, et cetera, um, are kind of like an interesting combination for me. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Nick, besides, of course, more Guild Wars 2, uh, what's on your to be played pile? Uh, I, Europa Universalis 4, I think, comes out in August, doesn't it? Wow, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, man. Oh. I'm, always, I'm always a little scared of new Paradox games. They they frighten me at first. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking well, forward to seeing what they do. Yeah. I think the thing you and I need to worry most about, honestly, is the game of bunkers and badasses we're going to play. Oh, but you know, I'm so bummed I don't have a high enough level character. <laughs> See, I just feel shut out. You know, that's what I need to do is level... I need to get someone up to level 30, and that's the DLC for Borderlands 2, isn't right, it? Right, 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 yeah. Uh, you know what, McMaster, I can just tag along with you. You've got someone high enough level, right? Yeah, yeah. I can't remember if it's on the 360 or PC, but I'll play through on the 360. Oh, that's right. You are, you are uh, what they call uh, by system. Uh, oh, yes. Borderlands 2, aren't you? 
double um, dipper. Yeah. But I actually, I kind of want to play the new character, so I might do that. I want to play the the psycho guy. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Right. I'll play him. I haven't tried him yet. Uh, have you guys ever played a game? I, I know plenty of us here have played a game on two systems, like McMaster, you mentioned with Borderlands 2, uh, the PC and the 360. Has there ever been a game that you've played on three systems? Yes. No way, McMaster. What? Plants vs. Zombies. Oh, that is a good one. That's a good point. Yeah. I've played it on like seven systems. <laughs> Just like every iteration of it. Yeah, basically. Uh, Nick, anything where you're that hardcore? Uh, I don't know if it counts. Civilization? Revolution? But I, I don't think it counts because Civ 5 isn't really the same at all. Yeah, no, because that, like, I could see, I've played that on two systems. Oh, you know what? Maybe I have played that on three systems. I've got that on three systems. So Civilization Revolution, yeah, they've got a pretty good iPad version. It was on the DS and of course the 360. Yeah. Oh, there was a DS version. Yeah. 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 See, I have the I have the Civ Five for PC, and then I had it for 360, and then of course for iPad. Yeah. Uh, I I ask because I recently I've been, and what I love about this is that the points that you earn they're not called experience points; they're called I think most wanted points or something. The points you earn when you play Electronic Arts Need for Speed Most Wanted go because you have to sign into their. I don't know if it's Origin or they're like Need for Speed Net or whatever, but you have to sign in to their little servers no matter what platform you're playing on. So I have variously earned points in uh, the Wii U version, the PlayStation Vita version, and the Xbox 360 version for Need for Speed Most Wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, so Swimming in points. I'm totally... I'm, I'm up near, and I'm not ashamed to admit this, I'm on the verge of having 2 million Most Wanted points. McMaster... How many most wanted points do you have? Uh, how many did you say you have? Two million. Nearly two million. Yeah. I have two million and five. Oh! <laughs> damn you. Damn, you're good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> check and mate. <laughs> All right. Well, next uh, next week, let's check in and see how McMaster is doing with his Guild Wars 2 points. Uh, and... Uh, I will have done the Throne of Thunder in World of Warcraft several oh. times by then. Oh, I know you will. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go do it later. As a matter of fact, I'm going to do the Throne of Thunder like you wouldn't believe later on. So I'm going to be doing a lot of Throne of Thunder later. Oh boy. Yeah. I don't. Uh, I don't want to see that. <laughs> Wait a minute. Are you making? I'm, is this even a real thing, McMaster? Poor Dingus. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be doing the Throne of Thunder. But uh, yeah, no. It's uh, it, yes. It is. It's a real thing. In fact, they had a huge. Uh, it was one of their content patches. They added uh, a couple of new islands uh, and daily quests that unlocked different areas, and then the raid was unlocked last. Okay, I'm going to look this up online, because I think you might be making this up so that I sound foolish. I, I don't even think there uh, is a Throne of Thunder. I, mean, I should good. have, but now I actually went with the with truth for some reason. Alright. I will, I will trust but verify. So... <laughs> All right, so uh, McMaster, what's uh, oh, you know what? I actually know what's on the docket for the podcast next week. We're going to be talking to uh, one of the fellows from. Uh, actually, I'll tease this instead of just give it away. This is going to be someone who made a game that is na- that is out now, but that Australians are not allowed to play. <laughs> don't guess. Don't guess what it is. If you're playing at home, write down your guesses. Put it in a sealed envelope. 
Uh, we'll an- announce next week on the podcast who that is, and there will be prizes awarded if you guessed correctly. So uh, write your write your answers down, seal um, those. Medically and- sealed. Hermetically sealed, exactly. Uh, don't even think about steaming it open to change your answer. Commit, uh, and then join us next week to find out what that is. So uh, I am Tom Chick. I have been joined by the inestimable Nick Diamond and the ineffable Jason L. McMaster. Uh, and join us for the Quarter to Three podcast next week. Scrub the floor. Ah.